0: This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson, bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis.
1: A medieval hero for modern Catholics, John Hunyade. The nature of today's Return to Order Moment will, we hope, make leftists react in despair, or at least dismay. This tale will make their hair stand on end, their stomachs will become queasy, and will make them sputter as they try to express their shock. John Hunyade's name is unfamiliar today. A world that adorns peace has little use for this man of war. A society that promotes so-called multiculturalism wants to forget those who were tireless in their defense of Christian culture. Historians who want to promote the theory that the Crusades were inept and corrupt ignore the importance of the brave and self-sacrificing White Knight of Wallachia. In a world beset by the woke ideas of the left, It is time to remember Hunyade and his valiant struggle to keep Europe free from the Muslim invaders. Quote,
0: We have had enough of our men enslaved, our women raped, wagons loaded with the severed heads of our people, the sale of chained captives, the mockery of our religion. We shall not stop until we succeed in expelling the enemy from Europe. Unquote. These strong words came from a letter of St. John Hunyadi to Pope Eugene IV in 1442. Hunyadi's name is unfamiliar today. At the time of John Hunyadi's birth, about the year 1406, Christian Europe was severely threatened by the expanding Ottoman Empire. Having conquered much of Asia Minor and Northern Africa, the Ottoman Turks were eager to expand into Southern Europe. At the same time, Among the nobility of Hungary et al., there was a deep and abiding spirit of defeatism. They acted as though the Muslim expansion into Christian Europe was inevitable. Therefore, the best that they could do was to make the best deal they could with the Muslim invaders. It is assumed that Hunyadi was trained in warfare by his father, uncles, or by serving in the courts of powerful nobles. He mastered his military skills on the southern borderlands of the Kingdom of Hungary that were exposed to Ottoman attacks. The Ottomans had occupied the larger part of Serbia by the end of 1438. In the same year, Ottoman troops, supported by the presumably Christian Prince of Wallachia, made an incursion into Transylvania, plundering as they went. King Albert of Hungary later the Holy Roman Emperor, proclaimed the general insurrection of the nobility against the Ottomans, but few armed noblemen were ready to fight. A notable exception was Hunyadi, who made raids against the besiegers and defeated them in smaller skirmishes, which contributed to the rise of his fame. King Albert died of dysentery on October 27, 1439. Vladislaus, king of Poland, was elected king of Hungary as well. Hunyadi fought against the Ottomans in Wallachia. In respect and gratitude, King Vladislaus granted Hunyadi further domains and appointed him the warlord of Transylvania in 1441. Under Hunyadi, Transylvania remained undisturbed by internal conflicts. By effectively defending the interests of local landowners at the royal court, Hunyadi strengthened his position. This enabled Hunyadi to concentrate on the defense of the borders. Hunyadi set about repairing the walls of Belgrade, which had been damaged during an Ottoman attack. In retaliation for Ottoman raids, he led a successful incursion into Ottoman territory in the autumn of 1441. Early the next year, the Ottoman sultan invaded Transylvania with a force of 70,000 soldiers. Although Hunyadi could only muster a force less than one-fourth the size of the sultan's army, he inflicted a crushing defeat on the Ottomans in 1442. Hunyadi's victories in 1441 and 1442 made him renowned throughout Christendom. He established a vigorous offensive posture in his battles. This ability enabled him to counteract the numerical superiority of the Muslims through decisive maneuver. On January the first, fourteen forty-three, Pope Eugene the Fourth proclaimed a new crusade based upon reports quote, that the Turks were in a bad state and that it would be easy to expel them from Europe. Unquote. War was proclaimed against the Sultan Murad on Palm Sunday, 1443. An army of 40,000 men, mostly Magyars, took the field under Vladislaus, with Hunyadi commanding under him. They crossed the Danube and attacked in mid October. The success of this long campaign further established Hunyadi's reputation. Late in 1443, Hunyadi received some unexpected assistance when Albania asserted its independence under Georgi Skanderbeg. Skanderbeg is a minor character in Hunyadi's story, but is looked upon as a hero by Albanians even today. In fact, the modern Albanian flag bears Skanderbeg's crest. One of Skanderbeg's assets was his understanding of the Ottoman Turks, their government, and their strategies. Skanderbeg's father had been the Albanian ruler when it was conquered by the Turks. The father abandoned Christianity and swore allegiance to the Muslims. As the son of a trusted ally, Skanderbeg was raised in the Ottoman court. In November 1443, Skanderbeg deserted the forces of the Sultan during the Battle of Nish, where they were fighting against Hunyadi's crusaders. Skanderbeg then embraced Christianity. His small army never completely allied with Hunyadi. However, Skanderbeg's presence did weaken the Turks and thus worked to Hunyadi's advantage. The Battle of Varna took place in November 1444 in eastern Bulgaria. Late on November 9th, an Ottoman army of 60,000 men approached Varna from the west. The papal legate insisted on a quick withdrawal. Hunyadi retorted, "To escape is impossible; to surrender is unthinkable. Let us fight with bravery and honor our arms." Unquote. The following morning, Hunyadi deployed the army of some twenty thousand crusaders in an arc about two miles long. The light Ottoman cavalry assaulted. Christians from the left stopped the attack. The other Ottoman flak assaulted the Hungarians and Bulgarians. Their push was also stopped and turned back. Then the Muslims attacked again. Hunyadi advised King Vladislaus to wait until he could return with two additional cavalry companies. The young king ignored Hunyadi's advice. He rushed 500 of his Polish knights against the Ottoman center. He then attempted to take Murad prisoner, and almost succeeded. Then Vladislaus's horse either fell into a trap or was stabbed, and the king was slain. Returning, Hunyadi tried frantically to salvage the king's body, but all he could accomplish was to organize the retreat of the remains of his army. The Crusaders suffered thousands of casualties in the chaos and were virtually annihilated. Hunyadi was deeply ashamed at the loss at Varna, even though it was not his fault. By 1445, Hunyadi was planning a new crusade against the Ottoman Empire. He barraged the Pope and other Western monarchs with letters, In a short time, Hunyadi sent his envoys to Skenderbeg and his father-in-law to seek Albanian assistance against the Ottomans. Eugene suggested that the campaign should be postponed. Hunyadi explained his military strategy to the Pope, stating in a letter that, quote, power is always greater when used in attack rather than in defense, unquote. Hunyadi departed at the head of an army of 16,000 soldiers in September 1448. About 8,000 soldiers from Wallachia also joined his campaign. Sultan Murad II joined battle with Hunyadi on October 17th. The battle lasted for three days and ended with the crusaders' catastrophic defeat. The Serbian despot, Dorad Brankovic, imprisoned Hunyadi. This ostensibly Christian despot, who had given his daughter in marriage to Sultan Murad, was initially contemplating a plan to surrender Hunyadi to the Ottomans. However, the Hungarian barons and prelates persuaded him to make peace with Hunyadi, and Hunyadi returned to Hungary in late December 1448. For the next four years, Hunyadi participated in diplomacy with anyone who would assist him to unify Christian forces against the Turks. In May 1453, the Turks captured Constantinople. Europe buzzed with resentment at the fall of the ancient city. However, only Hunyadi was truly determined that he would stop the Turks. At one point, Hunyadi, exasperated at the Holy Roman Emperor Frederick III's dithering, shouted to him, Enough words! Show us facts if you are a true Christian and a true emperor! Still, Frederick vacillated. However, Hunyadi was to receive assistance from an unexpected source. Calixtus III became Pope in 1455. Calixtus said, We learn with heartfelt grief that our glorious Hungary, so full of good works and good will, so long the shield and buckler of Christendom, lies in confusion and disorder, head and limbs alike being crazy and feeble. Thus, our faith will be deprived of its surest prop unless her leaders give each other the right hand of fellowship and return to the paths of true peace and charity. Unquote. Pope Calixtus sent his fellow Spaniard, John of Capistrano, a Franciscan friar and papal inquisitor, who was already aged 70 to preach an anti-Ottoman crusade against the invading Turks at the Imperial Diet of Frankfurt. The Diet ordered the mobilization of the armed forces, but most barons failed to obey. Having gained little support in Bavaria and Austria, John of Capistrano decided to concentrate his efforts in Hungary. By 1456, Capistrano raised a large, albeit poorly trained, force made up of peasants and local countryside landlords. They then advanced toward Belgrade, which was under siege by the Turkish forces. Though poorly equipped, they were highly motivated and full of Christian fervor. The fortress of Belgrade was strategically located at the confluence of the Danube and Sava rivers. The Turkish sultan Mehmet saw it as the key to moving his dominions much further into Europe. Indeed, beyond Belgrade, there was no barrier that would prevent the Turks from advancing to Vienna, the very center of Europe. However, Hunyadi stood in the way, and except for St. John of Capistrano's peasants, almost alone. In a letter addressed to Hunyadi, the papal legate, Juan Cardinal Carvajal, made it clear that there was not much chance of foreign assistance against the Ottomans. Capistrano and Hunyadi traveled together, although they commanded their armies separately. Between them, they had gathered around forty to 50,000 troops. Mehmet's strategy was to encircle Belgrade and lay siege. He moved his troops to the south and east of the fortress. He also chained ships on the Danube together to blockade the river, which would have the effect of cutting off Belgrade from the north. However, before Mehmet could cross the Sava, Hunyadi and Capistrano's troops occupied the western side of the river. Hunyadi proceeded to form a relief army and assembled a fleet of 200 ships on the Danube. The flotilla assembled by Hunyadi destroyed the Ottoman fleet on July 14th. The Turkish ships were burned and the river ran with Turkish blood. This triumph prevented the Ottomans from completing the blockade, enabling Hunyadi and his troops to enter the fortress. Despite Hunyadi's orders to Belgrade's defenders not to try to loot the Ottoman positions, some of the units crept out from the demolished ramparts, took up positions across from the Ottoman line, and began harassing enemy soldiers. The Ottoman troops tried without success to disperse the harassing force. As more defenders joined those outside the wall, what began as an isolated incident quickly escalated into a full-scale battle. John of Capistrano led his troops and about 2,000 peasants toward the Ottoman rear across the Sava River. At the same time, Hunyadi started a desperate charge out of the fort to take the cannon positions in the Ottoman encampment. In the aftermath of a fierce battle, the Ottomans withdrew and retreated under the cover of darkness. The siege was lifted. His involvement led to Capistrano being referred to as the Soldier Priest. However, the battle did not end with the lifting of the siege. The Ottomans started a general assault on July 21st. With the assistance of crusaders who were continuously arriving at the fortress, Hunyadi repulsed the fierce attacks and broke into their camp on July 22. Although wounded during the fights, Sultan Mehmet decided to rest, but a riot in his camp forced him to retreat from Belgrade during the night. At the same time as the battle, Pope Calixtus III ordered the bells of every European church to be rung every day at noon as a call for believers to pray for the Christian defenders of the city of Belgrade. The crusaders' victory over the sultan who had conquered Constantinople generated enthusiasm throughout Europe processions to celebrate Hunyadi's triumph were made from Venice, Italy to Oxford, England. Meanwhile, bubonic plague had broken out and killed many people in the crusaders' camp. Hunyadi was also taken ill and died on August the 11th, 1456. Pius II, who became Pope in 1458, summed up the prevailing sentiment as news of Hunyadi's death swept through the same Europe that had so recently rejoiced at his great victory. Quote, After routing the troops at Belgrade, he survived for a brief time before dying of disease. When he was ill, They say that he forbade the body of our Lord to be brought to him, declaring that it was unworthy for a king to enter the house of a servant. Although his strength was failing, he ordered himself to be carried out to church, where he made his confession in the Christian way, received the divine Eucharist, and surrendered his soul to God in the arms of the priests. He was a fortunate soul to have arrived in heaven as both herald and author of the heroic action at Belgrade. Unquote. Although he survived the battle, John of Capistrano also fell victim to the bubonic plague. He died on october twenty third, fourteen fifty six, two months after Hunyadi. Some parts of Hunyadi's legacy are obvious. If the Muslims had taken Belgrade, the Ottoman Empire could have easily marched toward and perhaps even taken Vienna. One can only imagine the ways in which Muslim rule in the capital of the Habsburg Empire would have changed the subsequent history of Europe. Of course, the Muslims would again attempt to take Vienna, laying siege to the city from July to September 1683. That attack was turned back by the devout Pole, Jan Sobieski. And that is another story for another day. However, we can make the case for the idea that the example of John Hunyadi held the Muslims off for 230 years. However, The historical aspects of his legacy are only part of the story, because John Hunyadi's career has a lot to tell Christians of the 21st century. First and foremost, that God can change events that humans see as inevitable. However, He does not impose His will upon us. He requires us to correspond to His grace and cooperate with His desires. This is what John Hunyadi did so well. Most of Hunyadi's peers, the nobles of Hungary, wanted to give in. They were ready to make a deal with the Turks. They, including the King of Hungary and the Holy Roman Emperor, argued that Hunyadi's intransigent stance would bring defeat, disaster, and death. How many are there in today's world who are like those naysayers? Hunyadi's career proved that early defeats can lead to great victories, but only in the presence of determined leaders. It would have been easy for Hunyadi to retreat to his castle after the defeat at Varna in 1444 or Kosovo in 1448. However, he knew that his race was not yet run and the great victory in Belgrade was the result. Hunyadi was a leader who fought alongside of his troops. He placed himself, both physically and spiritually, between his troops and the enemy. Hunyadi always seized the offense, even when he was outnumbered. He knew that the offense gets to choose the time and place of battle, an incredible advantage. He also understood that armies that wait to be attacked lose their spirit and ability to fight. Daring actions in pursuit of the right are often successful, but a necessary prerequisite is to know what the right is. Let me give you an example out of today's headlines. Each June, we are all surrounded by pride with a capital P. Leftists, modernists, revolutionaries, whatever you want to call them, are engaged in Satan's old game. They defame the virtuous and praise those whose lives are submerged in vice. At the same time, our presumed leaders tell us, by their words and actions, to make peace with the forces that are working to tear down our whole society and culture, just as the Ottoman Turks tried to destroy Christendom in 1456. Our response must be the same. First, we must buckle on the armor of God through prayer. This is essential and so easy to forget. As Americans, our tendency is sometimes to place action before prayer, to shout at our neighbors before asking for God's wisdom about the things that we should say. Next, we must form our army. For most of us, this means finding a group of like-minded friends. Then, We must engage in the battle. John Hunyadi did not raise a secret army, hoping that the real fight would not be necessary. He took his army, even if parts of that army were ill-prepared and poorly armed, out to meet the Muslims. We can do that today. Our weapon is the Holy Rosary. Our battlefields are America's parks, street corners, libraries, and other gathering places. Our rallies inform the communities that a group of people are standing up to defend the culture from the invaders. They tell the revolutionaries that they aren't winning, no matter what the media may say. They urge our silent supporters to come out of their shells and join us, just as St. John of Capistrano recruited farmers to fight the Muslims. If we fight, drawing grace from God and courage from the example of men like John Hunyadi, we will win and Christendom will be
1: reestablished. This concludes A Medieval Hero for Modern Catholics, John Hunyade. Thank you for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. We publish a new episode every week as Tuesday becomes Wednesday at midnight. You can hear our program in two ways. The first is to subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. Another is to go to our website, www.returntoorder.org, and click on the podcast link at the top of the page, which will take you to a list with the most recent podcast on top. Listeners can help Return to Order be more effective by giving us a five-star rating with their favorite podcast service. Subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will find the Return to Order moment online. We would also like to recommend Mr. John Horvath's book, Return to Order, It is available as a free download on our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2023 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.